Almost every time you reach for like an energy drink or coffee, that's not real energy. Like the energy comes from the food. So if you just reach for healthy foods more often, then you probably wouldn't be addicted like I am to caffeine <laughs> and stuff like that and have to rely on it so much. Science, they say that matter can neither be created nor destroyed. And you can't just like pull energy from a monster energy drink. You look on the back and the monster energy drink tells you all the information that you need to know. It just says 10 calories. Well, 10 calories is not enough energy for you to really do much of anything. We're gonna eat four meals or five meals and they're gonna be nutrient dense and you're gonna eat every couple hours and that alone it's gonna feel like a ton of food you're not gonna be hungry and you're gonna recomp you're gonna stay lean and majority of the time you're gonna lose weight topic of the day food we're gonna talk about food my experience with a couple of um, dieting methods I've tried you've tried a bunch of different stuff so we're just gonna go through it and try to give you guys some more information so you can guide yourself. You are what you eat. <clears throat> I uh, was listening to a guy on a podcast today and he was talking about how they did a study on prisoners and they had uh, one group of prisoners getting like a placebo uh, group uh, tested and another one getting um, you know much more nutrient dense foods and all these things and the behavior in the uh, guys that were getting the more nutrient-dense foods, um, their their behavior improved by like 35%. Their acts of violence went down by 75%. So it was it was absolutely crazy. But your everything that everything that your body wants to do and everything your body wants to express is really wrapped up in your food. And if you're irritable, you have anxiety, uh, you have some depression, you have some of these things. I really urge you and encourage you. I'm not saying that this will fix or solve anything for you. Um, but I do think it will take you from whatever state you're in currently, and I think it will enhance it simply by uh, trying to figure out ways to get your diet intact. Yeah, I agree with that. I saw in the, something, I forgot who said it, but they were making a good point talking about how almost every time you reach for, like we just talked about, an energy drink or coffee, mm -hmm. like that's not real energy. Like the energy comes from the food, so if you just reach for, healthy foods more often then you probably wouldn't be addicted like I am to caffeine <laughs> and stuff like that and have to rely on it so much so yeah yeah that the the energy uh, for humans is uh, basically carbohydrates and fats protein is a little bit more of a maintenance thing and I would say that it's uh, I would stick protein in a category of it's just stagnant you weigh 200 pounds eat about 200 grams of protein now that doesn't have to be like set in stone, and I'm not saying that you need 200 grams of protein in order to build muscle. You could probably survive on less and still be fine, but it's the one gram per pound of body weight is tried and true. It's been utilized for a really long time. Where it's also important is that protein is the most satiating. So it's important, especially for us, and for some of you out there that love to lift, it's important that you try to figure out a way to satiate your appetite. And protein is the most satiating. Protein, when you go to leaner sources of protein, also can be voluminous, so you could have a lot of volume of food. Uh, in other words, if, um, if I was to cook up some uh, bacon and eggs, I cook up three, I, you know, I hand uh, Kenny his breakfast, I give him you know, three scrambled eggs oh, yeah. and uh, with some cheddar cheese in there, I cooked cool. it in some butter, and uh, I threw some uh, bacon on there as well, cut three strips of bacon. Let's just say, for argument's sake, let's say that his meal's got uh, 
600 calories, or let's say, or let's say 750 calories, and I make my omelet, and my omelet is with egg whites, and my omelet is uh, not with any butter in the pan, and my omelet is uh, with maybe like one egg yolk. Um, I use a tiny bit of cheese, and I use some broccoli and some uh, vegetables and a bunch of crap like that. <clears throat> and while my thing may look less appetizing, and some of you are like, barf, I don't like egg whites, the amount of food that I'm going to have is going to look way different than what he has. And when I put my bowl next to his, he's going to be like, dude, what the hell's happened here? Because my 750 calories of egg whites going to be like this big. His 750 calorie omelet is going to be uh, pretty small in comparison. So you have to kind of judge um, how much do you like to eat? I know for myself, I like to eat a pretty good amount of food. Yeah. And so therefore, over the years and over even just the last couple of months, I've been leaning out the meats that I'm having. But we'll get to it in a little bit. It is important to have your fats, but... Uh, that's what I've been doing. It's been really helpful. Yeah, yeah. I've been experiencing a couple different diets since like 19, I would say. And that's probably the biggest thing I've got is just food is, everybody says it, but it's, you've got to try it to understand that food is everything. Mental clarity, your energy, how you feel, your hormones like you were talking about, just everything and I would yeah I would say things like depression anxiety I would say if you have a clean healthy diet and you're fueling your body the right way I feel like a lot of those things won't pop up and be as aggressive it's not going to take it away but like I know looking back I dealt with anxiety my whole life but like when I was eating clean and when I wasn't I'm not going to say it cured it but it was a lot less like when you get hungry you're just like you're just not yourself you're, mm -hmm. you, and then the anxiety all this other stuff on top of it tends to get a little bit worse weighs a little heavier on you so i just think food is king more important than training <clears throat> when you um when you had uh anxiety did you notice that um was it still okay for you to like go into a caloric deficit and lean out or did that almost make you more anxious or no, or no. Was it okay? It was okay as as long as I was always kind of like on some type of structure. As long as I just wasn't going like, you know, unless I was fasting. As long as you just didn't dive the calories down too hard. Yeah, yeah. Like just tank them or I know, you know, a lot of people struggle with like they won't eat all day. And then like the next hour they'll be like the eighth hour they don't eat. They're like just something in their brain triggers them and then they eat everything and then they then you get depressed because you're not like now i'm fat oh you messed up on you yeah you went against so your plan I, yeah i did that for a long time so just that compared to you know eating even if you want to add a little bit of fun foods in there just eating more frequently eating the right foods is going to help it, at least it helped me with a ton of stuff mentally just having some type of structure to look forward to for you personally do you mess with intermittent fasting at all I did, actually, yeah, I would say, but like not for this long period of time. Like when we train in the morning, no, I have to get a meal in uh, with the diet I'm on, but sometimes. Why, why do you feel you have to get a meal in? What's the importance for you? Well, you know, when I don't have a meal, I don't have as good of a pump. I kind of tend to crash out. You get that fat. I'll still get somewhat of a pump if I'm hydrated. But it's like, you know, when you get that pump for like five minutes and it's crazy and then it kind of goes away as the workout goes on. That's the biggest thing for me that I noticed 
with the getting the food in because I trained fasted all of powerlifting. I didn't really eat. Like I would, I would eat one meal a day. I would work all day in the warehouse, go train, slam a monster, do my thing, and then I'd eat a big meal after, and that would be it. So I fa- I fasted a lot, but I would say the biggest thing, performance-wise, for me personally with bodybuilding, I'm sure if I was just training for something else, I'd want to train fasted because I like the feeling. I'm light on my feet, but for bodybuilding purposes, it's just really the, the pump, the pump and the strength and the the amount of time you're able to push, I find it is a lot. I think we should stay in this zone right here for a minute because I think you mentioned something that's really critical and it's undersold, underappreciated, and people just don't talk about it enough is the performance. You know, when you look at Stan Efferding, when you look at Mike Isertel, when you look at BioLane, you look at all these guys, uh, Greg Doucette, um, Derek, more plates, more dates, um, Michael Hearn, like all these kind of influencers, these guys in the space, the guys in fitness, um, there's one really, you know, overarching true theme of all of them, um, and that is that at some point, all of them have worked their ass off in the gym. All of them have trained really hard. Right. All of them have really pushed the envelope, and you can't make something out of nothing. So they say in science, they say that matter can neither be created nor destroyed, and you can't just like pull energy from a monster energy drink. You look on the back, and the monster energy drink tells you all the information that you need to know especially the ones that have hardly any calories in it. It just says 10 calories. Well, 10 calories is not enough energy for you to really do much of anything. What they're referring to is like there's B vitamins in there and there's caffeine and stuff and that might kind of hype you up and that's what we kind of think of as energy. But energy is our calories and we get most of that from fats and carbs from our macronutrients and I just always exclude protein from there just because I have different thoughts on protein. But Stan is a really good example. you know, I, I've heard Stan say to many guys many times, like he would probably, if you just got into like a real good conversation with him and said, what do I need to do? He would say, you know, what, what's your meals like, you know, right now? And he, he would say, I eat like five meals a day, six meals a day, and here's my calories and stuff. He'd be like, get yourself to eight meals. That's... You know, get yourself to eight meals over the next couple months. You don't jump into eight meals out of nowhere. Go from five or six to seven or eight. Uh, increase the ounces of meat at each meal slowly like add two ounces of 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 meat per every meal yeah Uh, this is stuff that flex wheeler had him do he might say add um, you know a quarter scoop of rice to each meal things things of that nature and then boom you're going to be able to grow Um, i was talking to a guy in the gym on um, a couple days ago and this guy lost 40 pounds and he came up to me and it's interesting the, the information that people absorb but he's like, hey, I just wanted to thank you. He's like, I was listening to one of the episodes you did with Stan a long time ago, and um, he talked about eating more frequently, eating more often. And he's like, I'm up to five meals now. And I think most people would think the opposite. Someone that's up to five meals, how, how is this possible? How'd they lose weight? And so I asked the guy, I said, well, how did you used to eat? He's like, I used to only eat like before I went to work. I would eat a little bit when I got home, and then I'd have like a huge dinner. He's like, and then I would like binge. Yeah. Yep. He's like, so I would eat kind of a bunch of times, but, um, you know, two kind of main meals. So I, I think for you and for a lot of people listening, for those of you that have trouble, like I, I've said this before, you don't need a diet. You just need to not binge. If you can simply figure out a way to not binge and you can stick to fruit, meat, vegetables, maybe a little bit of dairy, 
you have a winning a winning recipe. <laughs> you, you have a very uh, winning recipe. It's just you're gonna have to be able to follow that for a while, and you're gonna have to train like a savage. But when you have those nutrients in your body, it's gonna be so much easier for you to train hard. Yeah, I agree, and that's the first thing, Stan. I met Stan like two years ago when I first came here, and I was nervous to talk to him. But Casey threw me in the fire, walked up to him, and I Casey's was Casey's always to blame. Yeah, every time. Yeah. And I was. I just asked him, I was like, you know what? And I saw him carrying like this roller and I'm like, I'm like, I asked him like, you know what? Oh yeah, he had that roller cooler with yeah, him all the time. Yeah, and I'm like, if you have, I'm start like I'm starting a bodybuilding prep it was my first uh, little prep. I'm like, I just wanted to get some type of something from him. And he was like, he just unzipped his bag and just was like, basically like, I, I don't miss meals. Like that's, that's the key is you don't miss a meal, especially for bodybuilding. And then he also told me a little trick for quads that we could talk about later. But that was the first thing was the meals. And like you said, I've helped a couple people with diets and stuff. And I've also learned from my experience because I did come from not eating at all and then training and then eating one big meal that probably would turn into a binge majority of the nights. Um, I would say if, if there are some people out there that kind of do like to do that, I would just be really careful how often you do it. Like I don't really see a huge problem with it because there is a little uh, strategy to intermittent fasting. I think uh, missing meals and uh, not intending to fast I think can be just really poor judgment and that's really easy to lead to a binge. But if you're thinking about it and you're like, yeah, usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go a little bit lighter on the food because my schedule is so busy. Yeah. I don't, have any, I don't have any issue with that. But again, if you find yourself you know, face down in a pint of Ben and Jerry's, you know, on Saturday night, um, and you keep finding yourself falling off and you're sputtering and you can't get momentum, then you, you have to make a change to your diet. And the simplest thing might just be to incorporate some breakfast, yeah. or the simplest thing might be able to incorporate another meal somewhere. Yeah, yeah, like you were saying, I've helped some people with a diet and it's always, it's always a struggle getting them to understand and trust the fact that, you know, I'm get, you're gonna be eating more meals throughout the day if that's the approach we decide to take, but more times than not, those same people aren't eating even maintenance calories, and the food they are eating is trash food, so it's like you're gonna be like skinny fat. It's not gonna, it doesn't work like that. If you do one meal a day and it's clean, then that might work for you, but most of the time, I'm like, we're gonna eat, you know, four meals or five meals, and they're gonna be nutrient dense, and you're gonna eat every couple hours, and that, alone it's going to feel like a ton of food you're not going to be hungry and you're going to recomp you're going to stay lean and majority of the time you're going to lose weight or just overall yeah just kind of get leaner which people don't understand how we can ramp the metabolism up with more meals throughout the day rather than you know one meal a day which does work but i think there's multiple ways to do it and majority of the time you're not eating enough of the right food. I think sometimes when it comes to fasting or intermittent fasting, one meal a day, two meals a day, um, Thomas DeLauer's talked about this a bunch, a bunch of other people have talked about it. If you can implement it and do some of it every other day, for some people that are um, really heavy, for some people that are obese and really have uh, just a really hell of a time with food and have never been able to really adopt a diet and stick to it, that might be, like sometimes people need such black and white rules. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I wrote the book, The War on Carbs. I was 330 at one point, being as big as I could for powerlifting, and me having like a set rule of like, okay, I'm just going to not really eat this category of foods. That made everything a lot easier. And then 
<clears throat> as I got leaner, it was easier to incorporate the carbs because yeah. my body could handle them a little easier. And then my interpretation of carbs changed a lot because I wasn't such a fatty thinking about candy and ice cream and pizza. I was like, oh, carbs are actually potatoes and rice. And even bread can be a great carbohydrate um, when, you're, when you got all your other stuff uh, kind of in order. <clears throat> but what I'd like to touch upon now is kind of discussing the importance of, um, of fats and carbohydrates. So I would say <clears throat> for the majority of people that are listening that really want to lose weight, I think another mistake that might happen is that you might not understand how valuable it can be to stack your carbohydrates kind of near and around your diet or near and around your workouts uh, before a training session, sometimes during a training session, sometimes after a training session. Um, if you feel like your workouts are kind of modest and you don't feel like you have a lot of intensity or a lot of strength at the moment, maybe you only position them uh, just a little, a little some before and some maybe a little bit afterwards. But I found that over the years to be really valuable because it allows me to train harder. Kenny nailed it when he said it allows him to train longer and maintain a pump for longer. Um, and then your recovery from that is tremendous. You're going to be able to recover, in my opinion, a lot easier because you're restoring uh, some of that glycogen. Yeah. Yeah, the way I think about all three of those macros is like just to, the meathead version for me in my head is like protein is going to recover what I'm going to recover. It's recovery. Carbohydrates is fuel. So place those around the workouts and then sprinkle fats in where you need it. It could be like we talked about hormone stabilization it can help a lot of that just help you feel better overall but really just keep you satiated that's what I use fats for you know meal one in my last meal might be high protein high fat I don't really need carbs and then pre intra post workout is going to be jam-packed with carbs less fat because we don't really need them so like I just from a meathead perspective that's how I see it carbs are fuel so those are to be placed where you're most active Protein's going to recover you, and fats can kind of be, you know, where you feel they should be to keep you full. <clears throat> yeah, fats can also, um, what Kenny's referring to is they will, um, you know, slow down the absorption rate of your food. So um, if you have a big steak, that'll obviously take longer to uh, digest and assimilate uh, than if you were to eat, just eat a chicken breast and some rice. <clears throat> the fat is going to slow down that absorption, so therefore your body's going to, um, I guess, uh, kind of disperse that energy over a longer period of time is kind of my understanding of it. But fats also are very satisfying. So we talk about satiation. Satiation is like the feeling of like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I, like you can always kind of stuff yourself more, but you're like, I think I'm pretty full. You had two chicken breasts and some rice and you're pretty full. But if you wanted to be more satisfied, if you were to throw like a little bit of butter <laughs> on that chicken and rice, it would be more satisfactory. So that's how you can kind of view your fats. You just got to make sure that you're not doing that at every meal all the time because your fat calories might be through the roof. I do think that there is like a, it does depend on people's size and stuff, but for most, most people listening, anyone that's like above like 150 or 160, like just, I would say don't have your fats go um, below like 50 or 60. If you're a bigger guy, if you're 220 plus or something that, you know, I would, uh, you know, maybe half your, half your body weights in fats or maybe even quarter of your body weight in fat if you're trying to get really lean is about where you can push it to. 
before your hormones start to get all messed up. Now some people are thinking like, well, what if I have hormone replacement and I want to tank my fats? <clears throat> you can do that, but that's gonna, it's gonna leave you feeling very hungry. Uh, it's gonna tank your energy, even though you might still have the carbs coming in. But it is something, it can be used very temporarily as a form of strategy. Um, I think Chris Bumstead and I think a lot of other guys utilize methods like that where they'll go, you know, 1,600 calories, 1,200 calories, and they might do that for four to six weeks. But these guys are professionals. These guys are at the top of their game. They know their body very specifically. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that, and I wouldn't recommend anyone try to, like, crash diet with anything like that. Consistency is always going to be the key. Compliance is a science. What can you actually stick to? What can you actually repeat? And you're going to be able to repeat a diet where you're not feeling super hungry and not having tons of cravings. Yeah, I like to think of the fats in my head as like the glue to my diet. Mm. Um, it kind of like sticks everything together. So uh, something I came across during prep too and even my off season, um, the more I kind of manipulated fats, carbs, proteins, um, I started to notice that in my pre-workout, it was, you know, high carb and zero fats and then I you'll you'll be able to learn what your body likes and doesn't like so I noticed like I was wasn't taking insulin but I was going like hypo mid-workout and I was confused and I was like why it, my body's just burning through that so that's when I really understood like okay carbs really are you know fuel but my body's using them so like efficient right now that I need to sprinkle some fats in to slow that down rather than eat more carbs or eat some shitty food I just sprinkled like some almond butter like some healthy fats mm -hmm. in there and it totally like night and day difference like the next day when I went to work out sustained a pump the whole time felt amazing felt full but yeah you'll, so you'll come across things like that and it'll kind of just click the more you experience different diets and you'll be like okay my body you know, I need a little bit of fat before I go train or before I go run so that I don't crash out. Or, you know, maybe you don't need carbs at all. Cause I, I do know when I, I tried keto, I bought the war on carbs. I tried keto as well when I was in college and I broke my hand during baseball. And I got a huge benefit out of that too. I felt amazing. Like I felt light. I f it took me a minute to adjust digestion wise, but I felt mental clarity. I felt light. I felt amazing. So. I think every macro can be super useful. Yeah, I've um, been a huge fan of like low-carb lifestyle for a long time, and I still am. There's still days where I won't eat hardly any carbohydrates. It's not, at this point, it's not necessarily um, for any particular reason. I'm not thinking like fats are good, or carbs are going to make me fat or anything like that. I just, sometimes I just kind of forget about them. I'm like, you know, protein, uh, protein and fat, protein and fat. But more recently, because I have been eating more carbohydrates, I've been eating more fruit, more rice, uh, more potatoes, I have to strategically pay attention to the amount of fat. Because if your fat calories are high and your carbs are high, we have two energy sources that are high, and it can get to be really easy to overeat uh, doing that. So that's the one thing I would just caution people against. Like your calories can go through the roof really quick if you're using butter and you're using cheese. Um, and you're using full fat eggs and stuff like that. Eggs are awesome. The cholesterol in them is anabolic. Um, eggs are absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> but, you know, if you have like a six egg omelet in the morning, 
you just maybe shot yourself in the foot because you had a large bolus of, of your, um, your daily allowance for you for fats for that day, and then maybe you don't have as much left over later on in the day. Uh, me personally, I'm not a huge fan. I don't, I don't really count calories. Um, I have done it before. I did it uh, when I got on stage for bodybuilding, um, but that was more like uh, Hani Rambad just gave me like a diet and he said, yeah. just stick to these things. But what he had me do, and it's something that I still utilize today, is I basically just have one meal each day that has a little bit more fat uh, than the others, or sometimes two. And so um, this morning I had a, I had this is the, or I had a steak shake, chocolate steak shake, with chocolate hydration, um, with some MCT oil in it, um, mixed with, with mixed with iced coffee. And that's like my favorite way to start out the morning. But it had like about 10 grams of fat, about 30 grams of protein. I start and finish almost every day the same way like that. I don't usually have carbs before I go to bed, although sometimes I do, but normally I don't. Um, it's a great way for me to start off with a, a high amount of protein and stay ahead of that protein uh, count all day. And then I come here and I train with Kenny and I'll have uh, some intra-workout carbs in the form of cyclic dextrins. Trying to get hung up too much on some of this part that we talk about here just because this is very nuanced. This is like the small stuff. Um, you can eat an orange on your way to the gym and in the beginning it's not really going to matter that much. Um, Mid-workout you could uh, eat a couple Skittles or some Starburst or something like that. It's not a huge deal. I wouldn't sweat the specific supplements too much but um, I just learned for myself having those intra-workout carbs along with essential amino acids and along with having uh, some hydration and, and getting down a drink is really, really beneficial during a training session. And then the post-workout shake, I think that a lot of people are missing out by not having a post-workout shake. I've been a huge fan of this for many, many years. One of the biggest reasons and one of the reasons I'll encourage you the most to have a post-workout shake is because the latency, the time at which you stop your workout versus the time that you actually eat is probably almost always a little bit too long, especially if you trained intensely. So if you just trained at a gym and then you went to head home and you went to eat, you got stuck in traffic, by the time you shower or do A, B, or C, or you know you forgot to defrost some foods, now you gotta pull it out of the freezer. It's an hour and a half, two hours after your training session that you're getting your first meal and as opposed to Boom, immediately afterwards, you could have that post-workout shake that has, you know, 30 to 50 grams of protein and, and maybe 50 grams of carbohydrates. You could have it right there on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Not to touch too much on the intra-workout shake, but, like, that's also something that kind of opened my eyes up to, like, okay, where I need to place fats because I'm thinking just logically, I'm like, okay, why? My coach didn't explain it to me at the time, but I'm like, why would he have me take these fast digesting carbs, a hydration pack, and maybe some essential aminos. And it's just like, I mean, it makes perfect sense, just like a meal, the aminos, getting those in, a, in the bloodstream to start the recovery process. Mm -hmm. The carbs, gonna deplete glycogen through the workout, mm -hmm. stay full, and then the hydration, you, de you're, you need to rehydrate yourself because yep. you're getting depleted there too. So that opened my eyes to like, okay, he's n there's not fat in my intra workout, so where does that leave the fats for the day probably if you break your day up into little phases like I do like a you know maybe a fat loss phase which doesn't make sense in an off season but that's just how I break it down fat loss phase like morning and night 
that's where I usually have my fats because I don't need carbs there. But everywhere else is kind of just, you know, carbohydrates, low fats. Mm. But I still, not huge on fats, but I came to understand and really appreciate them because they go a long way, especially in a cut or they prevent you from overeating, I feel for sure, like you said, you know, just adding a couple eggs or something, tablespoon of almond butter mm -hmm. can make that meal that you usually eat and you're starving after because it's not heavy on fats, it's heavy on carbs, can really slow that down and make it more easier to stick to the plan for sure. <clears throat> Your foods can be delicious too. They can be delicious and they can be nutritious. If you are feeling like you're like kind of imprisoned by your diet and you feel like uh, feel like you want to cheat and stuff, what I would suggest is try a couple things first. Um, try to get a little extra hydration in that day would be thing number one that I would do. Number two is I'd work on getting a little bit more sleep. And number three is I would just up the calories a little bit. Um, the next day or maybe that same day, um, maybe you're about to go to bed and you're like, oh my God, I'm still pretty hungry. Make yourself an omelet. Make yourself like... Um, breakfast at dinner time is like one of the most amazing things ever. Make yourself an omelet with some cheese and some bacon and so what? You're a little bit over your caloric maintenance uh, for that particular day, but this will help you stay, you're actually still on your plan. Eggs are still on your plan. Cheese is still on your plan. All these things are still part of your plan. You just went over your calories a little bit. All that's going to do is give you a little bit more energy for the next day to be able to have a stronger workout. And it's going to allow you to continue to be on your diet for a longer period of time. Because I think <clears throat> that people don't need to be on such strict plans, but they need to be able to stick to something for a while. You would be completely surprised or shocked at the difference that you can make. I mean, I'm on day 27 of 75 hard, and I feel like I look so much different than I did on day one. Not that I was fat or anything like that, but I have lost a good amount of fat. I was pretty lean already, and I'm leaning out even further. And at this point, I don't even feel like I'm trying that hard. Yeah. I'm, I don't feel like I'm in like a caloric deficit. This doesn't feel impossible. But by the time the 75 hard is over, I'm going to be veined up head to toe. It's going to look ridiculous. <clears throat> but it's, a lot of it is because I know how to stay on the plan. I know how to stay on the diet. And I think you need to learn how to do that for yourself. And you're going to have to make certain decisions and certain calls uh, to be able to stick to the plan. Kenny and I were talking earlier about Quest Bars. Buy yourself some Quest Bars. Now, if you can afford it, I would say like load up on a bunch of them. Buy a bunch of them. Have them, be, have them be around because when you have the abundance of them, over time you'll care about them less. It might take a little while. You might like eat a ton of them and hurt your stomach and stuff because these things can kind of blow your asshole out, so you got to be careful. Yeah. <clears throat> but... Um, this is what I've done for a long time. I have Quest Bars. I have other bars called Kai's Bars. I have uh, Keto Bricks. I got all kinds of stuff at my house. Stuff's just sitting there. And, yeah, I'll eat them here and there. But I don't, like, I don't like gorge on them. But a lot of times after a good meal with my wife, her and I might go out for a date night or something like that. When I come back, I kind of have a sweet tooth. You know, we had a great dinner. We don't usually get dessert. And I'm like, ah, I feel like eating something extra. I'll have a Quest Bar. It's got... 200 calories has 20 grams of protein in it. It's still like part of the plan. And it keeps me motivated when I eat that Quest bar or Quest cookie or Quest chips or whatever the thing is, I don't feel bad. It's like guilt-free. I'm like, ah, yeah. you know, I had that in a protein shake. It hit all the satisfactory things that I needed, all the little party in my mouth thing going on. And, uh, and I feel good enough to go to bed 
and uh, start with a clean slate the next morning. Yeah, I think that reaching for something like that, that's where they have a huge benefit, I feel like, because that's a lot better than just grabbing a Snickers bar and eating that, and then that's going to spark cravings. A lot of times the Quest stuff also has fiber in it, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, yep. so like whenever I eat something like that, a protein, anything, a protein cookies, like I'm pretty satiated. I don't, you know, if I were to eat a donut or a, a candy bar, it makes you want to eat more. Like, I'm going to eat the whole sleeve of candy bars and then I'm now I'm depressed and I'm fat. So, yeah, I think those things are huge tools and can take you a long way. Plus, just like you said, making the food taste good. There's so much. You have G Hughes, you have that stuff. The, yeah, there's yeah. so much stuff. G Hughes like, chili sauce. Holy shit. Yeah. Stuff's good. Yeah. Yeah, that like I don't see I'm not going to say there's no excuse cuz I get people have trouble with food but there is a lot of options out there that will go take you so far. Make it so much easier. It's not like it doesn't have to be this black and white thing unless you want it to be. But there's so many like even um what is it? The Fair Life, you know, yeah. what I'm talking about Wyatt Films. Yeah, yeah. Fair Life protein drinks like the vanilla ones taste like a McDonald's milkshake. So I'm like, you, there's so many little tricks and hacks you can do to make yourself still feel like you're indulging in good foods when you're still on plan and it's high in protein. And every once in a while, like I said, just overeat. Like, you know, just, I don't know, cook up a giant tri-tip and eat the fuck out of it. Because yeah. you, you want to get, you want to gain muscle and you want to gain size anyway. So you don't want yeah. that always in your head because if that's always in your head, then you're going to probably always stay like overweight because you're going to think I need fuel, I need fuel, I need fuel. You do have to kind of talk yourself out of that at a certain point, but occasionally just go for it. So that way you're able to stay on the diet a lot longer. Yeah. I think we nailed it. Yeah. I think that was solid. That was a good one. I got to remember that. I can't, fats are glue. I'm mm. remember that. Fats are the glue to my diet. I'm trying to think of any uh, traps. Here, a, a couple of traps to look out for are over-exercising, being in the gym too long, getting dehydrated. Oh, yeah. That's... Um, just, just oh, I mean, yeah, we love to train. Kenny and I are probably both guilty of some overtraining here and there. But overtraining is going to lead to binging. Not sleeping enough is going to lead to binging. Yeah. Um, that's a every, everything has a cost to it. There's give and take. And so as dedicated to the game as you want to claim that you are, if you're not getting your sleep, you're not as dedicated as you should be. You're not as dedicated as you need to be. Yep. If, if you end up binging on your diet, then you're probably overtraining. And if you're overtraining too often, you're not as dedicated as you need to be, as you should be. Because you should understand that recovery is a huge part of it. The second that your workout is over is when your recovery starts. Every day when you wake up, you have to be kind of conscious of what am I training today? How am I doing it? How am I going to go about it? And how am I going to be able to sprawl and defend myself against this shit so it doesn't take me down? That's what you have to be able to think about every day. And everything has to be accounted for. You got to think about your mom and your dad and your, your family and your, all these different things. You're trying to juggle all this shit at the same time. And you have a job and you're trying to get a raise and you're lifting and you're just like pew, 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 pew. Yep. There's lots of shit going on. Yeah. You have to figure out a way to organize your life in a way where you can stay ahead. And if you can stay ahead, you'll be able to get ahead every single day and you'll be able to feel better about yourself to be able to turn yourself into something. Yep. Take us on out of here, Kenny. All right. That's Stomach's enough growling. for today. Anabolic activities. 
Follow us on YouTube at Anabolic Activities and on Instagram, same thing, at Anabolic Activities. My Instagram's Kenny Williams, Wyatt Films behind the camera, Mark Smelly Bell on Instagram. Drop a comment, leave a like, let us know what you think. We're always in the comment section responding. If you have any requests for topics, let us know and we'll make it happen.